Welcome to the Joyful No Matter What podcast with me, Heidi Mortar, and my friend, Lauren Franco. Hey, I've been through some crazy stuff in life, and I hope to bring you into conversations as we all continue to grow together, choosing joy along the way. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Heidi. How's it going? It's going awesome. Aren't you going to ask me how I am? Sorry. <laughs> Heidi, how are you? <laughs> you guys, she looked so offended when I didn't ask her how she was doing. I was just really stunned there for a second. She, I think she caught herself. Heidi, how are you? I am awesome. Oh, it's good to be awesome. Do you know why we're so awesome? Tell me why. It's because we're back in the yellow chairs. <laughs> Do I not love these yellow chairs? These yellow They're chairs. They're so joyful. We brought them in here special for you. Hey, today I'm thinking about a big word. Okay. Want to hear it? I'm ready. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. The word is submission. Ooh. Mm. A lot of times interchangeable with the word obedience. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. To yield or comply. You know, submission can be really difficult sometimes. It's a hard subject to talk about, mm -hmm. but I think that I have some worthy thoughts to share today. And um, the reason it can be difficult is sometimes, I don't know, you, it's kind of cringeworthy if a leader abuses their authority. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable here because if I ask you to share a story mm -hmm. about someone who had leadership in your life and abused their authority, I'm kind of scared you're going to tell a story about me. <laughs> that would be off mic. No, <laughs> no oh, Heidi is a great boss to work for. I, I have asked you to do some wild and crazy things sometimes just because I run out of time to do things myself. And you're always, always gracious to jump in and save my day. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But, you know, seriously, sometimes submission can be very, very difficult mm -hmm. when someone mm -hmm. oversteps mm -hmm. their authority, when they abuse their authority. Has there ever been a time in your life, seriously, that, mm. that you really struggled with that? Yeah. You know, there really has been one that kind of stands out as just kind of one of those really sobering life experiences where you realize not everyone is above board or has your best interests or let's say your company's best interests and um, in mind, yet they're in a position of leadership, of authority over you and others. And I had to, let me back up. For many years when I was in my 20s, I worked at Starbucks, which is called being a partner because, you know, everyone shares in stocks and through and through, you know, as far as taking care of their employees, Starbucks is phenomenal. That's why I worked there and I loved it and I had great, great experiences. But I had this one experience where I got promoted to be the assistant manager of a very high volume store. And this I was young. I was, you know, in my early 20s, newly married. And they had partnered me with the store manager was this outside hire who was from like the restaurant industry, which is very different climate and culture than mm -hmm. Starbucks is. But you'd think they'd be kind of parallel because they're all kind of high end food service. But um, he came in. And so I'm here, this brand new assistant manager. He's my manager. So I'm in authority over others, but he's in authority over all of us. 
And over time, there was just something not right with the way that it's just a vibe. Have you ever had that, Heidi, where you're just like, get a icky vibe and you're not really sure why? Oh, yeah. And there, But yet I was extremely respectful. My parents raised me and I've always believed you respect and submit to your leadership as unto God. You know, mm-hmm. not that they are God, but just as a, as a show of your trust in God and the authority he's put mm-hmm. in your life. So a lot of time went on and it got so bad where my inner being, I was becoming physically ill. You know, when you're just, you're just like, something is wrong. I'm trying to be a good employee. I'm trying to protect these other partners that are in my care. Am I the only one who sees this? Sometimes you feel like you're almost an accomplice to wrongdoing if you're submitting to wrongdoing. You're submitting to wrongdoing. And finally, I broke. And there was like a weird, he asked me to break some policies around money handling, Mm. which I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, they're very good with that. And so anyway, long story short, I finally contacted our manager, which just felt like so naughty to to have to go above him. But she said, why didn't you come to me sooner? Mm. Why? Tell me exactly what happened. And he ended up getting fired. And I learned submission is about behaving with honor it doesn't mean being a doormat. You know, I could have still been in submission to the leadership at play and said, hey, you know, I'm seeing some crazy, I'm seeing some things here to my district manager, you know, the next level up or tried to go to him. But he was one of these guys, if you try to confront him, it would either be explosive or it would be kind of icky, manipulative, like, oh no, I'm sure it's fine. I'll be better Mm. next time. And I was like, it's just not about being better. Anyway, the point is, what a wake-up call that submission is not about being a doormat. Submission a to the is, M-E-N is, is what I say to that. Just as much your own behavior in how you're going to act with integrity mm-hmm. and knowing when to speak up. Like you said, like you want to advocate for those under you that everyone was probably feeling that way. And I was in a position to do something about it. And I didn't for a long time. I think sometimes that has to do with your confidence level. You're Mm. putting your confidence in the wrong place, in the wrong authority Mm -hmm. over your life. Or you don't have enough confidence in yourself to just stand up and say, no, this is wrong. But when we place our confidence in the Lord and know that it's His Spirit speaking to us, we know how to be in tune with the Holy Spirit saying, hello, Hello. I'm sending a check into your wow. your spirit for a reason. Mm-hmm. We have to listen to that. We have to be in tune to that and have a confidence in him, not in yeah. ourselves, that if there's a check, and by a check, I mean an alert, you know, mm. in, in yourself that you're going, hmm, something is not right. If you're thinking something is not right, it's probably not right. Interesting that I keep hearing this and I think of that. I knew I had that gut feeling like mm-hmm. something's not right but I would brush it off instead of saying that gut feeling is oftentimes the Lord, which mm-hmm. is it's not what you're saying, that to trust that the Lord, that's ultimately submitting to him. You know, we talk sometimes about submitting when it's not easy because of a person's position. In that case, that person was your boss. Um, I use the example many times of honoring the badge, I call mm. it say you're in service in the army mm-hmm. or any branch and you don't agree with your commanding officer but you submit you honor the badge 
because it's the right thing to do. The Bible says to honor your parents. It doesn't say honor them sometimes or honor Mm -hmm. them only when Mm -hmm. they're right. When I've counseled people over the years that have been really destroyed by people in their lives that have authority over them, like a parent that's abusive, but the Bible says to honor your parent, Yeah, that's really, really hard. You're honoring the badge, but not agreeing or being abused by that authority. Every person has to answer to God for their leadership over your life. So submission is multifaceted. You it get is. what I'm saying? Yeah. So the person that there's the submitter and the submittee, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. in both positions, we have to honor God's authority in our life first. Well, it just reminds me of Ephesians 5, 21, where it says, submit to one another mm-hmm. out of the reverence of Christ, is that when we're having that opportunity to submit to one another out of reverence or honor for Christ, just like Jesus was submitted to his Father and his will, he is calling us to lay down our lives for each other. And I think that's really the heart of submission is love, you know, of healthy biblical submission. I'm not talking about, you know, the situation at my work or whatever, or abusive situations, but really the heart of what I see in scripture when we talk about this idea of submission is really based in love for each other and wanting the best for each other. Yes. And so you're happy to lay down your life just as Christ laid down his life because you want the best for your spouse. You want the best for your children. You want the best. Maybe you're not going to lay down your life, but you're going to give to your company you work for or your church because you are seeking to honor the platforms and the atmospheres that God has given you. And so you submit and lay down your life to them, but it's with healthy boundaries at the same time, because knowing that God is the only one we're fully in a hundred percent submitted to, if that makes sense, you know, that you would just give your all to him. But out of that, the overflow comes these relationships. Yes. It's God's design that we be led with respect and love as Christ loves as a church. Like you had said, trust and respect make everything easier. But trust is something that is built over Mm -hmm. time. So when that trust is established, it's easier to submit. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how do we build that trust to create a healthy culture of submission, whether that's in any, really in any relationship? What does that look like? I think that trust is built over time and over knowing the character of the person you're placing your trust in. Mm. How do we know we can trust God? How do we know he's trustworthy? Because we've seen him over and over and over again be faithful and true. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, Mm. today, Mm -hmm. and forever. Mm -hmm. So we know we can trust him because he's always been worthy of our trust. God's place over us is a place of authority over us for our protection, for our good, not for our harm. We need to check the position of our hearts and really make sure that we're submitted and surrendered to God so we don't step out of his protection placed over us. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's for our good that we submit to him. You see, everyone who's in authority over us also has to submit to God. They're accountable to him for their leadership over us. So some of these things, it's like, I release you 
to God's authority over you because just like you had to go to someone that was over your boss mm-hmm. at higher up, mm-hmm. ultimately we can always go to Christ who's uh, the higher up and say, okay, Lord, have at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing my part. I'm surrendering to submitting to this authority, but ultimately you're going to have to take charge of this. You're going to have to change the situation. You're going to have to change the hearts of the person, the heart of the person that is over me. And change the situation. You know, God can intervene so many times to help on our behalf. And I love what uh, 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, humble yourself, therefore under the mighty hand of God, and he may lift you up in due time. So when our hearts are submitted and humbled before God, then we're trusting that he will lift us up. He will show us the way in his Isn't timing. it amazing that these things aren't just our good thoughts or our good ideas? Mm. It's God's word. Mm. I'm thinking of another scripture that really substantiates what I just said too, which is in Hebrews 13, I believe, verse 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Wow. So good. I mean, it says right there, obey your leaders and submit to them. They have to give an account. That's God's words, not mine. Yeah. So I love that. It takes a load off of your mind and really frees you to think on other things, to be joyful and not a grumbler. So when God has his rightful place, he's the one who repays wrongdoing not us. Isn't that freeing? So freeing. Colossians 3 verse 25 says, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there's no partiality. Hello. I can say A to the (laughs) M-E-N about that (laughs) too. Okay, go get him, God. Not my, it's not my battle, you know? Mm -hmm. It's my place to submit, Mm -hmm. but it's your place to pay back wrongdoers, not mine. What we are called to do is we're all called to lead someone and point them to God. And we do this largely through our attitude. So if we have a bad attitude about submitting to the authority Mm -hmm. in our lives, Mm -hmm. then we have to answer to God Mm -hmm. for that. We're not in the clear. Again, the whole honor the badge thing. I just love like, I feel like it's hard to in some contexts is to think about submitting because I would think about it as a, like this absolute surrender or like I have to just give up my voice. That's it. I would feel like, well, if I submit in this situation, I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to lose my sense of calling or identity. And, you know, I found that as a young married woman, that was a difficult thing for me to understand healthy submission. And I married an incredible loving man who laid down his life for me, but still I would think, well, I need to have my voice and my independence. And, you know, I would have an internal struggle. So even if on the outside, who knew if he's, he knew it, but I knew it that I was struggling and I would feel like I would want to honor God's design for marriage and what we see in scriptures and that Ephesians five, I quoted a little bit earlier. It says, you know, wives submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. And then I love that it says, it follows up in verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So here we see that both the husband and the wife have a calling in that it's not just one sided. But God gave me this example years ago, and I I refer back to it a lot, is 
that of a team. You know, I played some a little bit of sports in high school and every team has a coach, right? They might have a couple coaches and the players know that coach knows the plan. They have their best interest mm. in mind. They they want they're on their side. They want to see them grow as players. They want to see them win and, and work together. And the players know I can do whatever he says because he's got our whole our best interest in mind. And that in the same way in a, in a healthy marriage, a godly marriage where the husband is loving his wife, he's laying down his his life for the, the wife and the children and the family, I could submit to him, to the husband, knowing that I still had a voice, I still had influence, I could still uh, fulfill a unique calling, but we partnered together through submission, godly submission, our marriage and our family could flourish. Maybe I could be even better with my husband on my side, you know, because of that godly submission that I would have his gifts, his strengths, his support bolstering me up. And this is not all about me. This is about me also bolstering him up, you know, and and looking after each other. But it just seemed like a way for me to kind of see it in a way that I could really wrap my mind around. Sometimes, you know, you have a heavenly or a biblical idea, but you're like, I need to physical, like a parable, you know, like a physical example. All of what you're saying really embodies Jeremiah 29, 11. Okay. And it says, for I know the plans I have Mm. for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you, Mm -hmm. plans to give you a hope and a future. And I'm thinking, you know, when you do marry that right person and they're treating you as God would want them to treat you, to love you like Christ loves the church, that's what the Bible says that your spouse is to love you like Christ loves Mm -hmm. the church when they're doing that, the plans that are for you are to prosper you, Mm -hmm. not harm you. Mm -hmm. My husband, Bob, often says, why would I do anything to hurt you? Mm. I would be hurting myself. Wow. You know? That's beautiful. I know. Isn't he great? (laughs) But what about those women and I... As we talked, did I cut you off? You have something else to say about that. Keep going. I'm just blushing because I have such a good husband. You do have a good husband. (laughs) Oh, Um, I just looked over at my phone and there's his picture on my screensaver. Oh, I have all the heart flutters right now. Sorry, Lauren. No, it's good. I just, it was cool when Heidi and I uh, were kind of talking about, you know, we knew we were going to be talking about submission today. And I had a chance to talk with a couple ladies that I know just about this idea. And I remember one of them just really candidly told me that she's having to relearn the idea of submission because she had had some painful experiences mm. in the past with people that she should have been able to trust and submit to, and they were not trustworthy. Boy, that hurts. And it just reminded me that submission is a countercultural idea to today because so many people are walking around wounded and hurt that they just think, oh, no, I could never do that. Oh, no, that's, you know, kind of every man for himself. You do you. But, you know, it's this kind of highly Mm -hmm. individualized society. And I keep hearing that idea that here in America, we are this highly individualized perspective on life. And that's actually really unique to other world views that are more community minded and family minded, where, you know, we, we see that in other cultures. But here in the States, we're just so kind of every man for themselves. And so this idea of submission is just rejected, you know, that no, I won't submit because I have to look out for myself. But anytime we're following Christ, 
it's countercultural, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And I think women get a little crazy because they say, you know, hey, I have a voice too. Mm -hmm. I have something good mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. I there are a lot of people that don't like to submit to men. I mean, yeah. let's be real. Let's be real. Have you ever heard that quote? It was from some movie where it said, the man might be the head, but I'm the neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Women. Because the neck turns the head. <laughs> I had to interrupt Heidi because I was cracking up because I was like, "It's we have a voice even in... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, and we have strong muscles <laughs> to turn those heads. Don't you just want to be a woman that turns heads, Lauren? <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of something that you told me not too long ago in some of your study of scripture, and it was about women in the church mm, speaking. So good. And I think oftentimes scripture is taken out of context, misused, and even abused mm -hmm. sometimes in what God originally intended it to be. Just tell me that again. Remind yeah. me. I know I've shared this with Heidi. And if you might happen to know me or follow me on social media or something, you know, it doesn't take long to see that, you know, I love exercising my voice in the church context, whether I'm leading worship, gotten the opportunity to teach more. And so I've always looked at these scriptures about women in the church context and tried to find understanding as to what my role or role of women within the church body is mm -hmm. because I want to be able to teach. I want to be able to do exercise the gifts and callings that I believe God put in my life. So a popular one that is kind of spoken of is 1 Corinthians 14, 34. I'll read it for us here. It says, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak and they must be in submission as the law says. And I would struggle with that because I would think of myself and many women whose voice needed to be heard and had something powerful to say, gifted from God. And I would think, well, why should they remain silent? You know. And so I came across um, from another woman speaker that I really love. Um, I came across a quote that she had shared from theologian N.T. Wright. And he talks about just the cultural context with which 1 Corinthians was written. And I think the more I get older and I begin to understand scripture, we have to look at the historical context that what they're speaking. Yes, we can take it literally, but we also want to understand the times with which the author or the Holy Spirit is speaking through the author, because it might have been addressing a specific issue for sure that we can then have a better, more well-rounded understanding. So here, I'm going to quote, uh, read this quote from N.T. Wright. It says, in the Middle East, it was taken for granted that men and women would sit apart in church. And as still happens today in some circles, equally important, the service would be held in formal or classical Arabic, which the men would all know, but which many of the women would not. And since the women won't only speak the local dialect, the result would be that during the sermon in particular, the women not understanding what was going on because they didn't know the language would begin to get bored. And so they talked amongst themselves. As it was described, the scene in such a church, the level of talking from the women's side would steadily rise in volume. And the minister would basically have to say, will the women please be quiet? I love that. Will the women please be quiet? Whereupon the talking would then die down 
but only for a few minutes. And at some point, the minister would again have to ask the women to be quiet. And he would add that if they wanted to know what was being said, they could ask their husbands at home to explain it because they spoke the language. They heard it. So yes, women should be in submission to their church leadership, to their husband's leadership, right? We would all agree. But here it's saying women should remain silent in churches. They should not be standing up, you know, making declarations in the middle of a service out of turn, talking to their neighbor in a way that would be distracting. Let's be real. They shouldn't be gossiping and stirring up trouble. And and I'm not putting any cliche on any woman. I'm just saying, like, are you using your voice in a way that benefits the congregation? It's so amazing the power of context, Mm -hmm. the power of punctuation, because you could just say women should be silent in the church. Yeah. Well, there's more to it than that. You know, definitely, definitely more. That should be a comma. A comma. Or a dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Why should women be silent in the church? But, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that are left up to us to dig in. We have to do a little work and find out what is actually meant by that. Sometimes the work is praying, asking God to reveal to your heart, you know, what is it that this means? How does this apply to me? And sometimes it's digging into the past and and looking at the Hebrew or the Greek, Mm -hmm. the origin of a word or the origin of an idea like you did, and how faithful and how great is it of God to just give you that answer after you've kind of wrestled with it? I've wrestled with that for years because I would think, Lord, am I... I'm, I'm seeing this one way, and I would think, am I bending scripture to fit what I want it to be? Which you and, never want to do. Which I never want to do. But mm-hmm. I, after a while, I, I got convicted, like, Lauren, you need to really check your own heart. Are you, you know, kind of trying to... And then I saw that, and I thought, well, that makes total sense, and mm-hmm. I would be in complete agreement with that. Aren't you so glad God sees the heart? And he provided an answer. Yeah. But it was because I was submitted to God. If you think about it, I was submitted there to you him. Go. You ding, know, ding, ding. Heidi and I, we, we right were just on. talking about this today. I, we were having a teachable spirit. No matter what age, no matter what stage you are in life. So good. You can continue to learn till you're in heaven with the Lord. You know, the time yeah. to learn is now. The time to be submitted is now. The time to have a teachable spirit is now. We don't need to keep studying once we're in heaven. The time, the know. time's now. I just came across that verse. It says, you know, we'll know. Now we know partially, but then we'll know fully. Oh, and yeah. I was thinking, Lord, just that day that we will, all these questions will be answered. All these struggles will be done away with because we will know we will just know him and all that we have that he has for us. Oh, I can't wait. I that thrills me. <laughs> me too. I just was like, I'm pretty excited. I'm <laughs> like, okay, I don't know if I can even talk anymore. I just want to kind of lay down and <laughs> bask in the Lord right now. That's it's amazing. Lauren, thank you for that. Thank you for bringing me to a place that is deeper mm. in my understanding mm. of the Lord and mm. a place where I'm excited to learn more. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear what God's word has to say about other things, because if that spoke so deeply, 
what else is there? Let's yeah. dig in. Let's understand God's word. Let's listen more. Let's have a teachable spirit. Let's be submitted to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, mm-hmm. to help us understand all things. Thank you. Thank you. Can I share one more quote? Please do. Again, You're on just, a roll. I know. I'm feeling it. I just think that, like I said, I was able to kind of chat with a couple of our friends, that other women that I just respect and admire. And one of them is our friend Carol which Heidi and I love so much. And uh, when we were talking with her about this idea of submission, she had shared this. It says from Titus referencing, she's talking about the verse Titus 3.1. It says, remind people to be subject to rulers and authority, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good, to slander or abuse no one, be kind, unconciliatory. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. And gentle, showing unqualified consideration and courtesy towards everyone. I mean, That is a saint right there, if they're able to do all those things. But this is what Carol says. We as believers, we are called to be a city on a hill because we are to display the same characteristics of love, self-control, submission to authority, respect, just like Jesus did. We are to model and the attributes of the Heavenly Father in all that we do and say. This causes us to stick out in a culture that's thumbing their noses in rebellion towards authority and anything holy these days. It is truly an act of faith to surrender ourselves to God's control over authorities, even ones we don't share with the same values with. But somehow we know that God will work it out for our good if we obey him in all things. And so I just Mm -hmm. feel compelled here that we're not saying in any way, and I don't think this came across, but you never know who's listening, to be in a submissive situation that is unsafe or abusive or harmful in any way, but that our heart and what we see in scripture is that it's about your heart submitting to your savior, to your father first, and then trusting his guidance in all these relationships and the authorities he's put in your life, whether it's at work, at home, maybe you're the boss, you know, and you have people submitting to you. How are you leading them well So that submitting to you is a joy. You know, I think of that Mm -hmm. too. It's not always about us submitting. It's who's under our care. Is it a joy for them to submit to our leadership or is it kind of difficult? So those are my, those are my closing thoughts on this topic. I love it. What a, what a deep and good and uh, worthwhile topic to talk about submission. Good. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Lauren. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. I'd like to invite you back to do it again. Subscribe here to get notified about our latest episodes. I'd also love to connect with you personally on any of my social media platforms. You can find them all on my website at HeidiMorter.com. That's H-E-I-D-I-M as in Mary, O-R-T-E-R.com. Have a joyful day and be blessed.